Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One. Co-host also, Mike, is here as well as we are barreling towards the first major precursor award show of the calendar of 2024. The Golden Globes are on the horizon, Michael. Yeah, we're going to make predictions for all of the film categories at these 81st Golden Globes that will happen on the 7th of January, this upcoming Sunday. And we're, you know, just for good measure, to give this episode hopefully a longer shelf life, we're also going to pick all the film categories at the 29th Critics' Choice Awards, which is happening the following Sunday on the 14th. But but look, I mean, it's a new year. It's not a new set of mics. We're the same. and, and <laughs> but, but, like, we just had the worst pre-production ever yeah. because, yeah. like, you remember Y2K? <laughs> I think it finally hit your computer. <laughs> There's yeah, uh, my levels might be all. We actually just got an email from somebody, uh, Marius, I think was his, was the name, okay. uh, saying that one of our levels are always off. And I'm like, look, we're we are two cavemen when it comes to technology. <laughs> so uh, there's a good chance this episode, especially, my levels are going to be all over the place. I apologize for the audio in advance. Hopefully, it doesn't come off too bad. I will do my best not to. Raise my voice or laugh too heartily and sound like I'm wheezing in someone's ear here, in the listener's ear, but uh, no promises. We're doing the best with the limited technological uh, knowledge and know how that we have here. You remember the movie Leave the World Behind? Yeah. We're, we're at the beginning of <laughs> beginning stages of that yeah. film, I think. I want to be trampled by deer, is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's, that is a stupid way to die. There's a lot of stupid ways to die. That's one of them. That's the worst one of them. Anyway, <laughs> well, as also Mike said here, we're doing the Golden Glows. We're giving you uh, officially gambling lines. We will give you our official predictions as well. We'll be picking the critics' choice. Uh, I don't know about you, Mike, but I feel like this is the least amount of prep work I put into predictions this is ever. Gonna because be, this is going to be bad. We've done yeah. this before, and it was yeah. hilariously bad. Like we've predicted yeah. the Golden Globes almost every year, and it's always bad. But we also have predicted the Critics' Choice Awards once, and I think it was so bad. <laughs> that we swore we would never do it again ever ever do it again and here we are good i'm glad we stick to our guns so we'll be doing both of those for you we'll present the uh some, some golden globes gambling lines the updated gambling lines as they are and let's start with globe lead actress drama michael lily gladstone is a minus 200 favorite from killers of the flower moon carrie mulligan you can find her most often at plus 250 sandra huler of anatomy of a fall plus 600 and Annette Benning plus 1700 Greta Lee plus 2000 and Kaylee Spaney of Priscilla plus 5000 as the long shot all right I'm looking at the Oscar odds still and it's still Emma Stone and Lily Gladstone up there Michael mm-hmm. I'm looking at the season thus far and Lily Gladstone has 16 wins including NBR and the NYFCC critics bodies there Emma Stone's got 10 wins. So to me, this seems to be a two-way race between Gladstone and Emma Stone, and yet you do not see it that way. I'm going with Lily Gladstone, and you're making a very inspired pick here for the Golden Globes lead actress drama. 
No, I do think it's a two-way race. I just don't trust the Golden Globes to abide by that. And they have a history when it comes to lead actress of going a, a little bit off the beaten path. I mean, they're not uh, that great, especially recently with uh, hitting who ends up winning the Oscar. Even last year, they picked Clay, Kate Blanchett. They picked Nicole Kidman the year before that in this category. Audra Day the year before that. They have a history when they were the HFPA of not exactly aligning with the Oscars and not exactly aligning with the favorite, the betting favorite going in. And the Golden Globes, like we've said previously, is uh, and by the way, I'm sick on top of it. That's why my voice is a little weird. So your ears are really in for a treat this episode, <laughs> dear listener. Um, the Golden Globes are where you can make money if you are gambling because the lines are the least settled they will be for any major precursor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's for that reason because they're out of the box first and they're kind of like setting the tone for what will be the, the two-month lead-up to the Oscars. So because it's an international voting body, because they have a history of going a little bit off the beaten path, and I, I'm not... I, I look. I, I want Lily Gladstone to win. Mm-hmm. I think she will win the Oscar still, but I, I just I don't trust her. I don't trust the HFPA. Period. So, San, <laughs> so I'm going. Sandra Huller is a fun. I'm picker. going with Sandra Huller. Yeah, it's six to one. And by the way, these odds are where you see where you can find them most often. I mean, there be some variation, but Sandra Huller six to one in some books. I've seen her eight to one. I've seen her ten to one. Whatever the odds we're giving you are where they appear most often in the books. Uh, so six to one means if you bet a hundred dollars on Sandra Huller to win, and she does end up winning on Golden Globe Sunday, you win $600 of profit. Every $1 you risk gives you $6 of profit if she were to win. Lily Gladstone, you have to bet 200 At minus 200 you have to bet $200 to win 100 And not for nothing, Lily Gladstone's odds have remained the same for the Golden Globes lead actress drama since we made the predictions with David Long on that fun episode. But Sandra Hulers have shortened a schmidge. S-C-H-M-I-D-G-E, schmidge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. International Anatomy of a Fall did really well on the Globes nominations. I'm just—I mean, it's a shot in the dark. Right. It's this is like the most shot in the dark for Globes predictions, even even though we're not great at them anyway, because we don't know exactly what this new voting body is. It's a new voting body, literally. Yeah. It's expanded since last year. Last year it was like a hundred and well, it was something like a hundred and twenty members plus Fipresky voters. Right. And this year they've ratified a whole new group. So yeah, we're we're. The only thing we really have to go on is the list of nominees, so it's not a total, you know, out of the uh, ballpark time kind of a pick for you. So, okay, uh, that is—is is, is, is Killers of the Flower Moon an, an American story? Is it like a, a, a truly American story where an international voting body won't vote for it because of that? Scorsese's such an international—he is a Golden Globes favorite. favorite. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know if that matters, but I, I okay. also think Lily Gladstone's going to win the most awards for that film. I don't think I'm going out on a limb. Or a ballpark. What the hell did I say before? What the, Both. the analogies are not great. It's a ballpark full of limbs, just arms in a ballpark. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Globe, lead actress, comedy or musical. Here are the updated betting lines. Emma Stone of Poor Things is the favorite at minus 330. Fantasia Barino of The Color Purple, plus 350. Margot Robbie of Barbie, plus 800. Alma Poisty of Fallen Leaves, plus 1200. Natalie Portman plus 1400 from May-December, and Jennifer Lawrence from No Hard Feelings, plus 5000 or 50-1. to 1. Uh, I am going with uh, Emma Stone of Poor Things. She seems to be duking it out with Lily Gladstone for these Oscar mm-hmm. odds. She has the shortest range of odds for the Oscar, whereas Lily Gladstone actually has the shortest available line. But uh, I do think I do think it's a two-way race. I am gonna think coming out of the Globes, we're looking at Gladstone and Emma Stone uh, able to uh, duke it out for the rest of the way here. 
If you weren't picking Emma Stone, who would you pick? Would you pick Fantasia or would you go Mario Robbie? It's interesting because Fantasia Barino has such a showstopper in that movie. So if the votership actually saw the movie, I would not begrudge them in the least to pick Fantasia Barino, who we thought was going to smash this role earlier in the season. And that has Mm -hmm. come to fruition now that Fantasia Barino is getting huge rounds of applause at every screening and certainly even, you know, even the public screenings out there in in the wild, I'm hearing huge rounds of applause. So... Yeah, I, I could see her winning it. I would pro if you gun to my head, if Emma Stone lost, I would say Margot Robbie, but Emma Stone's winning this this category. I would agree with you. Yeah. We'll move on to choice lead actress. No betting lines for these, but we'll give you the noms quick. Lily Gladstone, Sandra Huller, Greta Lee of Past Lives, Carrie Mulligan, Margot Robbie, and Emma Stone again. And we are actually tipping our hand here. Like you said earlier, you think Lily Gladstone's gonna win. The Oscar, yeah. we both think she's going to win here. Yeah, I think it's, you know, she has been a critic darling throughout the season, so that kind of makes sense for one. And for two, I, I'm just, I'm basing some wacky picks this year based on not knowing what the Globe's voting body is for one. And for two, uh, they they like to lean international. And they like to kind of do some weird stuff historically. So that's why I went Hulaire. Yeah. Gladstone for the Critics' Choice. I, I agree with Gladstone for the Critics' Choice. I think she's going to gain some serious momentum uh, over the next two weeks, which is going to carry her through all the way. I'm not – well, I'm, I don't know if I can say all the way because we've had some sentimental favorites in the past get uh, snaked at the last second. Like who, Mike? Whoever do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix has made some really constipated-looking faces in the past when this has happened. Anyway. Just say her name. <laughs> say Glenn Close's name. <laughs> It's, it's happened before, Mike. It'll happen again. <laughs> All right, lead actor. Lead actor. Let's move on. We were trying to move a little quicker today because we're getting through every category in the book if we can. Uh, look, we have uh, Globe Actor Drama to start things off. Killian Murphy, minus 157 out of Oppenheimer. Bradley Cooper, plus 150. So he's relatively close. And then you have the rest of the field further back. Uh, they have 10 drifted. to 1 or beyond, yeah. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio, 10 to 1. Coleman Domingo, 14 to 1. Uh, Andrew Scott, 40 to 1. And Barry Keoghan of Saltburn, 50 to 1. I liked your tweet, by the way, on Saltburn. And I agree There's with There's no you. chance. I mean, Saltburn was written by people who are sexually repressed who like to think that they're being kinky. That's my stance on oh, Saltburn. No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what are you saying about Emerald Fennell? I mean, she didn't give you that impression coming off a promising young woman. No, not at all. But it just felt like this is like this is what the elites must do. This is how they get off. And it's like, I don't know, man. Sometimes people just like to have period sex. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. No, not that. That so yucky. But the freaking bathtub scene. Anyway, all right. We, we we've been over this. We've Who amongst this. us we, hasn't we, had sex with a grave, Mike? We are skeevy. You're just, in why, glass are you, houses. why are you spoiling this movie? You just you're <laughs> that angry. is not a spoiler. That is not a spoiler. <laughs> I don't care. It has nothing it, to do with the plot. It's still a spoiler. It's a spoiler of a big scene. Fine, I'll say it's a spoiler it's in a the spoiler. show notes. Fine, we'll say it. But we're not. <laughs> we're not. Look it. We're not. You're not sorry. No, and not at I'm all. really it's... not that sorry either. We're not. Huge Although sorry. good, good for. I mean, there is the last scene what Barry Keoghan does. It, well, it, it, it takes some guts. Well, it takes some guts. That's all I'm going to say about it. It takes some guts as an actor to do that. That was that was good. I like Barry Keoghan just in general. I do too. I like him eating spaghetti more than I like him in bathtubs. I like him. I like him more doing weird stuff like in Saltburn or playing more reserved in. 
uh, Banshees of Inishirin last year that I that I want to see him play the Joker. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I agree with you there. I agree so. with you. Anyway, I think this is a fascinating race. We're both going with Bradley Cooper right now in mm-hmm. that second position, at least in Vegas, plus 150. That's uh, such a coin flip. I mean, minus 150 versus plus 150. You either have to risk $150 to win 100 or you bet 100 to win 150 on Cooper. That's, I mean, it. you know, a li- the literal coin flip at the Super Bowl, heads and tails, is minus 110 odds. So that's very close to a coin flip. You and David are kind of talking me into Cooper a little bit here. I'm wondering if I should go with Murphy. I feel a little bad, but more on that in a moment. Isn't Cooper the favorite of the HFP? Like, isn't he a Golden Globe schmooze guy? I don't know if the schmooze matters at the Golden Globes. Yeah, maybe not. You're maybe right. it does. It, schmooze always matters. Yeah. Schmoozing, but they're going to be they're going to be extra sensitive to the schmooze, mm. aren't they? Because they're trying, so. to, they're trying to walk the line. These yeah, they days. don't want to. They don't want to seem. But I mean, all you got to do is look at Bradley Cooper's baby blues, if and you've we, been schmoozed. If we, yeah, correct. But if we get one photo that goes viral of Killian Murphy and some Fipresky wild, you know, wild uh, <laughs> critics partying on a yacht, right? Wouldn't that do him in? Uh, can you see Killian Murphy party? <laughs> I don't know. I just picture him with the same facial expression that he makes when the atomic yeah. bomb goes off. Right. I don't know that I see him in like a gala event. What are we talking about? This was supposed to be hardcore analysis today and we're talking about bathtubs and Killian Murphy facial We both expression. picked Bradley Cooper. Move on. Globe actor, comedy, or musical Paul Giamatti is a minus 110 favorite. Small favorite, slight favorite there. Jeffrey Wright, plus 125. He is very much in very much in the mix from American Fiction. Matt Damon of Air, uh, 8 to 1. What did you do? What did you... Peach Effer? Who is that? Timothy oh, Chalamet. Chalamet. Oh, God. Wonka. <laughs> had sex with a peach. 14 to 1. Nicolas Cage of Dream Scenario, who has one of the funniest jokes in the history of uh, mankind this year in that movie. 20 to 1, Joaquin Phoenix also 20 to 1, who's also very funny in Napoleon, uh, for the record. <laughs> not what he's nominated for. It's a comedy nominated. or musical. Bit. Oh, right. No, okay. for Bo's Darn Afraid. Yeah. I, he, I just remembered Joaquin Phoenix being hilarious this year, and he's hilarious. Uh, that's absolutely right. This should be a nominee for Napoleon. Bo's Afraid. Was, I thought you were making a joke there. His, no, I should have. No, I for, like, legitimately forgot this was for Napoleon. It was know, hilarious. That slapstick comedy, Napoleon. Really funny. And Bo's Afraid was terrifying. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. This is even more of a coin flip than the uh, the lead actor drama category. Right. I'm a little bewildered and nervous about Matt Damon being so short. I would not think that performance is within 10 to 1, and it being 8 to 1 is a little stark to me. So that's kind of a red flag. I'm going Jeffrey Wright. I'm just not picking the favorite yet. I am uh, I am going to believe in American fiction when I see something go American fiction's way. So maybe this will do it, globe actor, comedy, or musical. But I'm going to go with Giamatti here. And I think Cooper Giamatti is where the Globes weigh in. However, we have the Critics' Choice lead actor, which could also make this uh, a tighter tighter race. Bradley Cooper, DiCaprio, Domingo, Giamatti, Killian Murphy, and Jeffrey Wright are your choice nominees. And we're both going in opposite directions. I'm sticking with Cooper out of Maestro, and you're going in a third direction, Michael. Yeah, I'm taking Killian Murphy. I wanted to be cute and take Coleman Domingo, but I think I'm being too cute already with my Golden Globes picks, so I went kind of chalk here. 
I like this. I, I wanted to go Killian Murphy myself. I just found myself racking up too many wins for Oppenheimer. So that's this is, what I tried to avoid myself. That's funny. Yeah, but that's a dumb way to make predictions. If Oppenheimer is going to win a lot of awards, we've seen La La Land. We've seen we're going to go over tallies from the past. We've seen yeah. Mad Max Fury Rose crush it at the Choice Awards. And also, wins. it doesn't matter what you think it'll win. Mm-hmm. Like right, like if I have the same problem when I do predictions, I'm like, well, I have Oppenheimer winning eight awards. That doesn't matter. That doesn't mean it's going to win those eight or seven of those, and it won't win two or three others that I don't pick it in. That's so stupid. Mm-hmm. We are arrogant. <laughs> we think we think we're gonna we're gonna thread the needle. We right. think we're gonna wa- dance the line. We think we're mm-hmm. gonna walk into FAO Schwartz and hit every <laughs> note perfectly on that floor piano. Yeah, exactly. But we're not. We're dumb. We're, we're dumb, dumb men. Anyway, we'll move on to supporting actor. Only one category at the Globes. Robert Downey Jr. is a minus 150 favorite. Gosling's anywhere from plus 350 to plus 500. Robert De Niro of Killers of the Flower Moon, plus 750. Charles Melton of May, December, 12 to 1. Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe are anywhere from 18 to 1 all the way out to 40 to 1 from poor things so globe supporting actor we're going to have it go in a different direction than our choice supporting actor but here we're going to go with the oppenheimer actor robert downey jr yeah that's uh again seems a little chalkish but uh, I, I still hold tight to, i think this is going to be his category i am uh, again as far as red flags go De Niro was ahead of Gosling pretty healthily all year long and just recently that switch and Gosling has started to break away with shorter odds so keep an eye on that we do have Feinberg picking Gosling, Clayton picking Gosling. We have a very close critical awards race, 9-7 to seven, RDJ over Gosling, though Next Best Picture is picking RDJ. Otherwise, we've had Charles Melton win some big New York City awards mm-hmm. with the NYFCC and Gotham's. So this is a wide-open race still, and the next two weekends, I don't know, they could say a lot or they could say very little. I'm not... I'm not sure what direction this race is going to go. Would it totally shock you to see Charles Melton win one of these? It would shock me to see him win the Globe. Really? They don't usually go with a young upstart. Okay. But they don't right? usually do anything. They're new. The young the, upstarts well, right. I mean, that's that's when that's what I would chalk it up to if he were to win. Because usually the Globes, like, I mean, they like their schmooze. They like their A-listers. They like their names. If Robert De Niro wins, we're not going to be shocked. That would not surprise me at all. This is a wide-open category, globe-supporting actor. So we're going with Robert Downey Jr., and then I'm going to go in a different direction. And I, Oh, yeah, we went you are, the, too. We went the same direction. I wanted to be cute and pick De Niro for Critics' Choice, but the Critics' Choice, if you look historically in this category, they go with, like, a feel-good type of performance. Right, so Sterling. And by Jake. default, it, it almost has to be Gosling. I don't know about that, but... No? All right. Well, I, look, I mean, Sterling K. Brown's the only different nominee here, just to get that out of the way, for uh, choice supporting actor. But we're both going with Ryan Gosling. I did look at the the recent winners and where they differed from the Academy. They have gone with a Philip Seymour Hoffman of The Master instead of whoever the heck won it that year. That was over a decade ago, though. Yeah, but I, look, it, I, they've matched up a lot. We've had a lot of sweepers in supporting actor. So the few times they've differed, Sylvester Stallone, Eddie Murphy... They were they were leading at least at the time. This is a wide open race, uh, but yeah, I mean Ryan Gosling and RDJ. If I had to bet, I would bet on a split out of them. And same, maybe it'll be that, the that's opposite. kind of what I was thinking too. 
maybe Gosling will win the glo- the Globe instead right. of the choice, or vice versa. Who the hell knows? But I, yeah, it's a wide open race, and anytime you got a two person race, it could uh, become a three or a four person race rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that. Uh, I mean, again, just doing the math, I think that Melton and De Niro are probably closer together, making it harder for them to catch Gosling or Downey Jr. That's just my guess, but who knows? I think. Uh, I think uh, Ryan Gosling's going to win one. Robert Downey Jr. is going to win one. We both agree. Yep. We can move on to supporting actress, where Divine Joy Randolph of the Holdovers is dominating the season thus far. 21 wins. Uh, Clayton and Feinberg's number one pick here, as well as next specs Pitcher. Divine Joy Randolph is number one, or the shortest Oscar odds, and she is the shortest odds for the Globe Supporting Actress category. Minus 300. Danielle Brooks of The Color Purple is... Next up, plus 350, Emily Blunt, 12 to 1. Julianne Moore of May, December, 25 to 1, as well as other long shots. And my goodness, if what if it hits, Mike? Jodie Foster of Nyad, 28 to 1. Rosamund Pike, 50 to 1 of Saltburn. I'm taking Jodie Foster. <laughs> but you're, you're looking at an older <laughs> Globe voting body, aren't you? I am, yeah. But I here's am. the thing. I am. If all of the old white people, or most of the old white people are still there, it could sway a close right. race. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like, I, I, I've i never trusted Divine Joy Randolph as the no-doubt frontrunner in this category. And I want her to win, but the Holdovers is going to leave the Golden Globes with two acting awards? I think uh, I th- I could see it because of the comedy or musical category for Giamatti there. I think Divine Joy Randolph, she's dominated the season thus far. It's, again, I'm going to have to see something else happen before I predict something else. Uh, she was a minus 400 favorite. She has since uh, she has since drifted a little bit to minus three hundred. So maybe your, you know, maybe your your pick here has merit. But twenty eight to one, man. Well, I've seen Jodie Foster shorter than twenty eight to one too, though. I mean, okay. those are extreme odds. I've I've seen her like closer to ten to one, but it's still a long shot. Okay. You're uh, you're a gambler. You're the resident gambler. Uh, I'm going to stick with you. I, 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 I had a tough time with that category. I changed it like a bunch of times before I settled on. And I, I'm not happy with settling on Foster either. Thank but you. I am basing it on the older HFPA thinking. What if it hits? You can brag yeah. about it. <laughs> Good. Good. Choice Make that money. Choice supporting actress Emily Blunt Brooks. America Ferreira, different nominee for in the choice. Six here, Jodie Foster, Julianne Moore, Divine Joy Randolph is here again, and we're both picking Divine Joy Randolph of the Holdovers. Yes. I, I, I gave the critics' choice logic, and I said the HFPA has none. It's kind of it's how I It's not the HFPA this. anymore. It's the Golden Whatever, Globes the Foundation. former HFPA, whatever you want. They're going to be the HFPA as far as I'm concerned. Just like Twitter's never going to be X. Twitter's if you call Twitter, If you call Twitter, Twitter X, you're a cop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And if you call the Golden Globes Foundation anything but yes. the HFBA, you're a cop. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You can't be trusted. Those are the performance predictions uh, for the performance categories. We'll move on to the screenplay categories. Uh, this is fascinating because this builds into our director picture conversations. Globe best screenplay. We have Barbie, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Past Lives, and Anatomy of a Fall. We have three original nominees three adapted screenplay nominees and we both have two separate picks i am going with oppenheimer and you are going with michael i went with poor things and i'm not happy about it either i went with poor things specifically because i don't want to give oppenheimer too many awards (laughs) you're giving poor things a lot of awards on the day though so i think i walk away with two as of now yeah that's more than i give it more i don't know if i give it more yeah you did 
Yeah, you did. did I? I did. I tallied them all up, all up at the bottom. <sighs> Felt like a crazy person doing all these tallies. Which, again, <laughs> is so dumb because we're going to be so off. Right. And why am I giving people the easy evidence to just show us how hilariously <laughs> dumb our pot picks were? But no, None of these winners would uh, would surprise me, to be honest. I think this is a great category at the Globes. I love it, too. I, I think Anatomy of a Fall is the best screenplay of the year, but I could totally sell killer, see till, Killers of the Flower Moon taking one. I could totally see Celine Song taking one. She's already won a bunch of picks on the season. I mean, as, a, as an upstart long shot right. that I think uh, will play. I mean, just look at it. She's, uh, wait a minute, I have it written down here somewhere. Gosh darn it. I'm scrolling up. This is why I need to. Why did I pick poor things? Uh, I may have been drunk. Do you get drunk still? No. (laughs) No, I'm, 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 I'm making shit up is what I'm doing. Past Lives is Feinberg's number two which I equate to many precursor wins, apparently. But The Holdovers has won 10, Anatomy of a Fall has won 5, which tells us nothing about this category, because uh, maybe Anatomy of a Fall could take it, but The Holdovers is not even here. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. If the Holdovers was going to have so much success at the Globes. Wouldn't it be in screenplay? Uh, yeah. I, I, mean, I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening with this award show. Oppenheimer, I've heard a lot of people talk about, if you're going to give him credit for director, how do you not give him credit for screenplay? He wrote it without his brother on this one. It's an incredible adaptation. It's a 26-hour audiobook that I've yet I'm, to click I'm on. Going, I'm, I'm changing my pick. I'm going with Oppenheimer, you're too. You're screwing up my tallies, darn it. I don't care. All you right, shouldn't have well, tallied. Well, I did. I did tally, and now i got to scroll all the way down. All right, I'm going to do it later, but you're going right. to have to remind me later that I screwed up the tallies, but you love right. telling me when I'm wrong. Good. Choice adapted screenplay. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. All of us strangers. American fiction. Poor things. Oppenheimer. Killers of the Flower Moon are your nominees. You did something that Clayton Davis is going to be very angry with you for. <laughs> I picked Oppenheimer, and you picked a tie. I picked a tie. Well, we've seen it. Listen, I think two of the last three years, or three of the last five, years, like we've had ties at the Critics' Choice. It's more common than we think. So, what the hell? Yeah, Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon tie. You just have to be different, don't you? All right, well, let's move I can't on. be held down. <laughs> Wild card, baby. I don't fit into your boxes. Critics' Choice Original Screenplay Category, May, December, Air, Maestro, Barbie, The Holdovers, and Past Lives are your nominees. We both went with Barbie for a choice original screenplay. I had to hold myself back from picking Barbie in more categories. Hmm. I don't know if I did. I picked Barbie yeah. in a lot of categories coming up. So, okay, you went with a tie and Barbie. I went with Oppenheimer and Barbie, and we both went with Oppenheimer in Globe Screenplay. Uh, we'll move on to Best Director. This could be a short conversation because Christopher Nolan is as short as a minus 333 Oscar director favorite. He has won 14 on the season. He is Feinberg, Clayton, and, and Next Best Pictures pick for best director he is minus 500 yeah. in the globe director category scorsese is the next closest plus 450 yorgos gerwig cooper song they're all 10 to 1 out to 25 to 1 we're both picking christopher nolan yeah christopher nolan um 
I could see Scorsese. The Globes historically have liked Scorsese, so if it's going to have, if there is going to be an upset, I think it would be in that direction. It is worth noting, and I tweeted this yesterday. The odds for Greta Gerwig are all over the place. Like they are the highest variation of any kind, any category, and any nom I've seen for Golden Globes odds. You can find her as short as six to one, plus six hundred. You could find her as as long as twenty five to one. I don't know what that means, but just worth noting. If you were the odds maker for the Critics Choice Director category, would you give anybody? Uh, better odds to to win uh, than than uh, than we see for the Globes set. I might shorten Scorsese a little bit just okay. because of his history with the Globes and try to squeeze all the value out of it if I'm the house. But otherwise, yeah, I don't. I mean, this seems like such an open and shut category. Alexander Payne's the only different nominee in the Critics' Choice Director Six. Otherwise, we uh, we're both going with Christopher Nolan again yeah. for Critics' Choice Director. All right, we'll move into the Best Picture categories now. We'll start with uh, the Best Picture Drama at. Or excuse me. We'll start with Best Picture Comedy or Musical at the Golden Globes. Poor Things, Even Odds, Barbie plus one twenty five, The Holdovers plus five fifty, American Fiction. 14 to 1, May, December, 20 to 1, Air is 33 to 1. We have different picks here, Michael. Yeah, I am. I'm going to stick with poor things. And this is another category. Like, I want to pick Barbie, but I just. I I want to see Barbie. Let me see the new voting body embrace a movie like Barbie before I start predicting it. But but here's the thing they embraced Barbie with the nominees. They gave That's Barbie true. a ton of nominees, but I, I understand true. the argument. Could be a bunch of nominees and not a lot. Your, of I, I just went. I just went, went sent like Yorgos International. He's got success. I know, could totally see it. it there. Yeah, as can Vegas. But I, I went over this with you and David. I'm thinking Barbie is if it's gonna win later, it's got to win here. And again, I'm using my own projection logic, but it is what it is. I'm going with Barbie. I hope you're right. Anyway, we'll move on to Globe. Best Picture Drama, Oppenheimer is a short favorite, minus 400, Killers of the Flower Moon, next best odds, plus 300, Past Lives, 10 to 1, and then we have Long Shots, Anatomy of a Fall, Maestro, and The Zone of Interest, all in the 20 to 1 or further out range there. We're both going with Oppenheimer, Michael. Yeah, it seems like a pretty prohibitive favorite there, minus 400. If, I if thought, Nolan's minus 500. Yeah. I thought I was going to be more tempted to go with Killers of the Flower Moon here, and yet these odds have shortened since we talked about him with David Long, so I'm sticking with Oppenheimer. Makes me feel good. Oppenheimer's the best movie of the year, I think. Okay, yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily think that, but I uh, I have a few ahead of it, but I'm glad. What's ahead of it for you? I know Barbie is. No, uh, no, Barbie's nah. not. Barbie's close. They're both in my top ten. I've been rewatching Barbie like crazy and having. A, I just think it's a much better comedy the more you watch it. Uh, I love, uh, I love Spider Verse and I love the Holdovers. Spider Verse, that's right. You like the whole? You have a Holdovers? I rewatched the Holdovers uh, New Year's Eve after dinner. It was wonderful. Just a perfect movie for that time. It's just perfect. It is a perfect movie for New Year's Eve in the Northeast. I agree. I loved it. I loved it that night. So that's my third watch of the holdovers and still an A-91. Oppenheimer's an A-90. It's right there. I have not done the Oppenheimer rewatch yet, even though it's $6. Got to do that soon. Uh, But, uh, yeah. I bought it on 4K, and I don't even have anything to play it on. Oh, no. How'd you you screw that up? No, I didn't screw it up. I wanted it in 4K. I figure at some point I'll have something to play it on. You can't watch it. That's right. 
Globe cinematic or box office <laughs> achievement. A lot of noms here. Barbie, Guardians 3, John Wick 4, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Oppenheimer, Spider-Verse, Super Mario, and Taylor Swift. We both went with Barbie for this cockamamie category. <laughs> but we're glad Barbie's getting an extra win here. And you have it actually kind of getting a win in the best picture categories at the Globes, but not two wins. I'm going with two wins for Barbie at the Globes in the best Yeah, that was me. Categories. That's again me needing to hold myself back. I want Barbie to get as many wins as it can, but I just uh I'm, I'm playing it safe. Okay. I'm guarding my hope. Well, we are moving on to the Critics' Choice Best Picture category here. Uh, American Fiction, Barbie, Color Purple, Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and Saltburn. That's the best auctioneer voice I can do. We're sticking with Oppenheimer for the Critics' Choice Best Picture. Barbie wouldn't surprise me here. Holdovers wouldn't surprise me here either. Killers, I'd be a little surprised at Killers, I guess. But uh, I think those are your... How about Poor Things in Critics' Choice Best Picture? You did pick it for Globe, Comedy, or Musical. Do you think it's it's got a fighting chance, American fiction? Does that have a fighting chance? Like, can we see something different here? Yeah, I guess the only one that would really shock me would <laughs> be Saltburn. <laughs> yeah, Saltburn would shock me. Yeah, the color purple, the you one. have it winning something else. All right. Yeah. Anyway, Oppenheimer is our Critics' Choice Best Picture selection here. Uh, we'll go with the Critics' Choice Best Comedy quickly. American Fiction, Barbie, Bottoms, Holdovers, No Hard Feelings, Poor Things. We're both going with Barbie here. Yeah. Okay. That's enough. pretty cut and dry. Enough said. Even though if, if what I'm saying is true about the, the other films having a you know puncher's chance at Best Picture in the Critics' Choice, maybe they, they need to win here. We'll get it during a commercial break. If 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 American Fiction, The Holdovers, or uh, Poor Things wins choice best comedy, and we get that during a CW commercial break, we're raising our eyebrows. If they if it was gonna be an upset though, don't you think they would? I mean, maybe they. Yeah, but wouldn't they advert? Wouldn't they televise it? I don't know, and not just know. leave it for a. They should. Because I have the same but thought you do. CW, like this is going to be they, a one. Of, yeah, this is going to be one of those go to commercial, throw it to commercial, and here's a list of five winners. They'd rather rather show Chelsea Handler in a writers' room <laughs> meeting doing some corny ass joke, Pull, pulling her hair out. Yeah, she, <laughs> I can't say this on television. This sucks. <laughs> she should be like that. Can yeah. we get like the real deal, Chelsea Handler? Because she is really funny in real life. Why isn't she funny on the? Uh, she needs funny. to be funny this year, please. Yeah. Unleash. Chelsea Handler on the CW, please. All right, we'll go to the Critics' Choice Acting Ensemble category. It's not a Best Picture category, but it's still, I don't know, I can still factor it in once in a while. Still fag, factor in SAG Ensemble into the Best Picture category and conversation once in a while, so we might as well factor the Ensemble category at the Critics' Choice here. Air, Barbie, Color Purple, Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Oppenheimer are your nominees. We both have different picks here yet again. Killers of the Flower Moon is going to be my pick. I feel it's, I do feel it's deserving of this mm-hmm. award, and I, but there's a couple of deserving ensembles for sure. There's also a lot of nominees in the Killers of the Flower Moon cast there with uh, Gladstone, Leo, and De Niro, as well as some other big names on the rest of the cast list. What do you think? 
It's a good category. I went with the color purple. Uh, not really any particular reason. Just kind of well, spun the wheel and landed. And I have. I don't have the color purple winning much anywhere else. And again, it's that arrogance thing where like my picks actually are going to come true in my mind. You do so have I Barino to win something. and Brooks. Barino and Brooks as nominees. Right. The Critics' Choice. So it's it's. But it is a star-studded cast. God, yeah. God, we know that. Even her just got. I, I was waiting for the big her song in there, but that's okay. She she did a great job just as an actor. So I'd like to see it win something. I mean, it deserves its moment. It hasn't had its moment on a, on this precursor season yet. It could be a late breaker. I, I, yeah. I'm hoping it keeps making money, push pressure on voters. We'll move on to international feature where on the season thus far, Anatomy of a Fall is dominating with 16 wins, although it will not be eligible at the Oscars in the international feature category, leaving room for the Zone of Interest or Society of the Snow. Both have had three and four spots on the short list, respectively. Zone of Interest does have five wins on the season thus far. But we're sticking with Anatomy of a Fall in the Globes category. We have that, Fallen Leaves, Io Capitan, Past Lives, Society of the Snow, and The Zone of Interest. We had an unprecedented three films also get Globe Drama nominees with Anatomy of a Fall, Past Lives, and The Zone of Interest, Michael. But we're sticking with Anatomy of a Fall. You said all that so quick that it was tough to keep up with. But I'm yes, trying. I'm sticking with Anatomy of a Fall. <laughs> trying to go fast because we've got a lot of categories yet to pick here, but we're sticking with Anatomy of a Fall. Yes. But I mean, you could have, you could make a very clear pundit case for the Zone of Interest or for Sure, but Anatomy of the Fall is just, I mean, until that loses, until it proves that Zone of Interest can beat it, then there's, I don't think you can pick anything other than Anatomy of the Fall. You don't think, but somebody just did. Well, yeah. somebody's about to. We have choice, <laughs> foreign language film, Anatomy of Fall, Godzilla Minus One, Perfect Days, Society of the Snow, The Taste of Things, and The Zone of Interest. I ultimately think Society of the Snow is going to have to be the film that battles the Zone of Interest at the end of the day at the Oscars. I agree. I wonder if the critics' choice, deeming themselves as the Oscar, Oscar predictor that they think they are, they want to be the closest, they bragged about it many a times, uh, as the the closest of the, uh, even though I thought BAFTA was closer, I, I think it's recently become the Critics' Choice again in terms of that overall stat. I have a big Google Doc where I've tallied them all up, but all right, I'm picking the Zone of Interest, and you're sticking with a familiar pick here, Michael. Yeah, I'm staying with Anatomy of a Fall. If Zone of Interest doesn't win, but Society of the Snow upsets Anatomy of a Fall, will you take credit for not picking Anatomy of a Fall, or will you be upset that you didn't pick the right upset? I will be upset that I didn't pick the right upset. Okay. Society of the Snow was was a tempting pick here. The the problem is Anatomy of a Fall in the Zone of Interest. It still seems to be between those two. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Maybe Godzilla minus one just wins here, and we're all just happy. <laughs> I mean, not to, I mean, look at the Zone. Of, but that's like that's the fun pick. I mean, the Zone of Interest is a serious pick here. I think I could. I mean, I could see Critics' Choice pivoting. I could just see it. Yeah, I would. I, I could see that as well. And I just, I could see it because they know. I know that they know Anatomy of a Fall is not in this category at the Oscars. Right. Exactly. Exactly. They want to, and they do. They do position themselves as trying to be like Oscar guessers. All right. Uh, anatom- uh, anatomy. An animated. We're moving on to animated feature here. We'll start with the Globes. Uh, we have Spider Verse. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse at minus 400. The Boy and the Heron plus 275. Pixar's Elemental 8 to 1. Super Mario Brothers 11 to 1. Wish 11 to 1. And Suzume 20 to 1 as their most available odds. I am going with Spider-Verse, and you are going with the next 
biggest winner on the season, Spider versus 115. The Boy and the Heron has won eight wins, though, thus far with the critics, Michael. Yeah, this is a, a two-picture race, and Spider-Verse is the favorite and probably should be. But, yeah, I'm picking the Boy and the Heron at the Globes. And, again, it's just the international thing. Who puts these odds out? Like, who votes on this category? Who bets on this category? That's what I want to know. I, not me, but if I found a book where Boy and the Heron was offered two plus 275 for the Golden Globes, that's that's tempting. I don't want to meet the people that bet on this category, and then they're probably listening to us. They're probably listening. If we have, if 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 they're out there, they listen to us, don't don't they? Come home, the generous. I'm afraid Come of home. all of you guys. I'm afraid of all of you guys. All right, we'll move to Critics' Choice Animated Feature. We also have Nimona, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem in here. Uh, and I don't know if you're hedging, but you're going back to Spider Verse. I'm sticking with Spider Verse. It's strictly an international thing. Okay. Critics, I'm going with the Spider-Verse, the international voting body. I go with the international movie. I do wonder if it'd be the opposite, because the critics love themselves some Hayao Miyazaki. I, Miyazaki deserves to win one of these, I think. Okay. I mean, if it was last film, I could see some voting body like just falling smitten with him and being like wanting the romantic ending. I could see a split, and I do enjoy The Boy and the Heron. I just think Spider-Verse is just next level. And Spider-Verse yeah. has the better screenplay, better script. The Boy and the Heron gets a little wonky to, on the finish. Uh, so I'm going to stick with Spider-Verse. But, uh, yeah, it's a great category this year, animated feature. Animation is cinema, baby. All right, mm. production values. We got a bunch. We're going to go fast. Globe original score. Poor Things, Oppenheimer, The Boy and the Heron, The Zone of Interest, Spider-Verse, and Killers of the Flower Moon. Oppenheimer has dominated the season thus far with 10 wins. We are both picking it. I wanted to pick Robbie Robertson for Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm -hmm. uh, I wonder if that's too American. I mean, a lot of that score is it's it's like uh, tribal chanting and, and Native American chanting, so I wonder if that would be too American. I don't know. That's why I didn't pick it. I wanted to pick Jerskin Fendrix just to annoy you. Uh, I have not seen Poor Things yet. I have heard some of the score. I get what you're saying. It's not a fun score to listen to. I still hate it, man. I just yeah. rewatched it. Still hate it. Um, you're going to make me rewatch the movie again, aren't you? <laughs> so, uh, I went with Oppenheimer, though, yes. Killers of the Flower Moon is Scott Feinberg's pick right now. Uh, Clayton and Next Best Picture have Oppenheimer. But, yeah, we both stuck with Oppenheimer. The uh, the Did I not do Critics' Choice original score? Not yet. Oh, I must have moved it somewhere. No, it's right it? next. You, that was that was our glow. Oppenheimer was our glow pick. We didn't do Critics' Choice. Oh, it's right, right under it. We we both stuck with Oppenheimer though. Yes. Uh, in terms of the different nominees, we have Michael Giacchino of Society of the Snow. Michael Giacchino. Terrible job by you. That was like uninspired. But uh, I, I'm you're sick. sick. I don't want to yell in people's ears with these volumes and that's the levels. Right. No, it's probably <laughs> smart. Barbie is also uh, an, an extra nom there at the Critics' Choice. Uh, a better pundit would have cross-referenced and see who was not crossed over but that's all right we're both sticking with oppenheimer an original score for both the globe and the choice remember crossing over with john edwards that guy who positioned himself like he could talk to the dead a lot of people believed a lot of shit when we were yeah. growing up mm -hmm. that was some dumb shit wasn't it <laughs> sure was Golden Globes original song, Addicted to Romance, Bruce Springsteen from She Came to Me, Dance the Night, I'm Just Ken, and What Was I Made For, three songs from Barbie, Peaches from Jack Black and the Super Mario Brothers, and Road to Freedom from Lenny Kravitz and Rustin. Uh, we have different picks 
for the Globe original song. I am going with I'm Just Ken here. You are sticking with the favorite. Yeah, black top, big T-shirt, Billie Eilish. What was I made for? Um, you are Gosling heavy on the Globes. No? I, I'm just Are you picking out Gosling was your critic's choice pick and RDJ was your Globes pick? I I had uh, the opposite, correct. I had RDJ Globes, Ryan okay. Gosling. I'm just Gosling. hedging. I'm just being weird here. This is like me being weird. This is me really j- – I wanted to pick Dance the Night. You know it. Yeah. I know it. Everybody right. who listens to us knows it. I don't necessarily believe what was I made for is going to make Billie Eilish a two-time winner this early in her career. That is, is a big hang-up of mine on this. I think it's the right song. I think it should win. But are they really going to make 22-year-old Billie Eilish a two-time Oscar winner? I'm Just Ken is the penultimate song of that movie that has won everybody's hearts and minds and yeah. money over to WB. Like, Barbie's is the I'm Just Ken song, which is like an ironic comedy move from Greta Gerwig. I don't know. I just, I'm wondering if it's going to go in a different direction out of the weekend and split. You're probably right. What was I made for is going to take them both. Uh, in terms of the critics choice, I do come back to what was I made for. Uh, this wish, uh, is, is a different nominee there. Otherwise it's, it's globe nominees in the category. Again, I was tempted to dance tonight, but you stuck with Billy Eilish as well. Yeah. I, I just think that's going to, I mean, until again, until I'm, I see otherwise, that SNL performance, I think, is going to stick in people's minds. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I think that's going to be it. Well, Feinberg, Next Best Picture, and Clayton Davis all agree with you. Uh, we'll move on to cinematography, Maestro, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Thing, Saltbird, and Oppenheimer are your Critics' Choice Cinematography nominees. We are both going with Hoyt Van Hoytema of Oppenheimer. He has dominated the season thus far with 17 wins. Killers of the Flower Moon is next with three. And Feinberg, next best picture. And Clayton, agree with us, Michael. One day I'll write the whole thesis on how if you're going to nominate Oppenheimer for cinematography, you have to nominate John Wick for. Um, <laughs> what? It, I, I, have the, I have a bunch of parallels in my mind, and I feel like I can make a, a compelling case. There's the overhead shots going room for room to room, a lot of the camera movements uh, that are done on a maestro with the conducting and music. You could say the gunfire and the weaponry was this, was the instruments playing the songs in John Wick 4. It's a lot of out there stuff, but I, I feel like I can make a compelling case. What the hell are you doing with your free time, man? <laughs> We're going to move uh, on. Oppenheimer's my winner, too. <laughs> <laughs> Going to move on to Critics' Choice Film Editing. We have Air, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Maestro. We're going in opposite directions here. I am picking Oppenheimer uh, and Jennifer uh, LeMay, or Jennifer Lame, Jack Lame, uh, Jack Lame's relative there. No, I'm going with Oppenheimer for film editing at the Critics' Choice. You are going with a familiar name, Michael. Yeah, uh, uh, Thelma Schoonmaker, Killers of the Flower Moon. I... We were at the point in the dock where I was like, I don't have enough Killers of the Flower Moon wins. I have too many Oppenheimer wins, and I have too many Poor Things wins. I feel so let like me try to balance that out. Martin Scorsese just slowed everything down for Schoonmaker this uh, this this time this movie. Like this is her slowest movie since Silence. I think she edited. It Probably I'm just fair. assuming she's Probably she's fair. Scorsese's editor. Like this is the slowest movie ever for her. What? Yeah, I, like I, I said, I don't know. I don't know that I agree with it. I just I I, I needed to balance things out. 
<laughs> Oppenheimer's has eight wins on the season. Anatomy of a Fall has three wins. Feinberg has yeah, Feinberg, Clayton, and Next Best Picture agree with me for Oppenheimer here for film editing. It should be Oppenheimer. I agree. Okay. I just it's Oscar's puzzle theory. I agree with what was I made for is gonna win song. Yeah. And I picked against it as well. I don't know why we're doing what we're doing. Is this what gambling does to people? Too far in the weeds. We know too much. Critics choice costume design. Barbie, Wonka, color purple, poor things, flower moon, Napoleon. We're both picking Barbie for Critics' Choice costume design. It, it better be Barbie. <laughs> it's got four wins on the season, but the poofy sleeves of Poor Things has two Stop wins on it. the season. Stop we, it. We have Co- Barbie. I mean, the costumes of Barbie are not only iconic, but they were worked in beautifully into yes, the screenplay. I agree. Jacqueline Duran should win for Barbie. I agree with you. Uh, we'll move on to Critics' Choice and the production design category, Saltburn, Oppenheimer, Flower Moon, Barbie, Poor Things, and Asteroid City. Hate to say we told you so, but Asteroid mm-hmm. City is here, folks. Damn right. Also, Mike, I'm going with, why am I, t- I'm going to just refer to myself in the third person now for my predictions when I feel <laughs> confident about it. Also, Mike <laughs> thinks Barbie is going to win production design as well as costume design. And The Rock says, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, Find me Barbie world in real life and how easy it would be to to reconstruct. <laughs> Weird Barbie's mansion was just... I can find you a Saltburn mansion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't find you a Barbie land. Barbie has eight wins on the season, though Next Best Picture and Clayton Davis are both picking poor things in this category. I don't understand... Mm-hmm. I, 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 I try to reserve my comments because I haven't seen it, but I just don't get it. Is it steampunk, though? Does it that change? Be. It might be steam. The calculus. That's why. Yeah. Because if Next be. Best Picture and Clayton Davis, if they understand whether or whether it is not <laughs> steampunk and poor things, they may have the inside track here to knowing who's going to win. And poor things may in fact win and uh, and beat Barbie here. Put the characters from Poor Things in the water from Nyad. <laughs> Just for your amusement. <laughs> yes, I want to see what they look like afterwards. For 40 hours? Okay. Hair and makeup at the Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, we have Barbie, The Color Purple, Maestro, Oppenheimer, and uh, Poor Things, and Priscilla as the Critics' Choice nominees. Though Priscilla and Barbie were not in the uh, Oscars shortlist out of that group. We also That's have the Muaz, yeah. Michael. Uh, and before we make our picks, we want to talk about the Muan nominations. Five of the ten Oscar shortlisted films got Muan noms. And again, this is the American Guild, so maybe Society of the Snow was not eligible. Uh, but we do have Maestro getting double nominated at the Muaz. Oppenheimer, Poor Things, The Color Purple, and Golda were the other four uh, out of those five. But we, we had... Muah misses. We had Society of the Snow, like I said, Ferrari, Napoleon, Bo is Afraid, and The Last Voyage of the Demeter all miss. Look at, I mean, I think you made me change my pick here. You are going with who, Michael? Maestro. Give me that prosthetic nose, baby. He looks like a ball sack. Give me that old man shriveled up ball sack skin. And he looks like bad grandpa dancing in the rave at the end of the movie. I gotta say... For all the horrible old man makeup we've seen recently, that is not near the worst. It's what they did to no, Bradley it's Cooper. not near the worst. It's not. Oppenheimer is so much worse. Oppenheimer uh, so like much worse. Scraggly so much necks on these the most the fittest people, which in, is in also why I don't like. So, 
Are we that blind to it that Oppenheimer is really good, or is Oppenheimer getting nominated here at the MUAs just because it's not getting nominated for the hairstyles? I don't think. Maybe they are. I mean, Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh. He's I don't know, hair. but but like, but all the men's hair is just combed over. It's right. a part. No, to the it's side. good hair though. It's good hair. It's better okay. hair than our hair. But sure. and that being said, the hairstyling of Maestro is good hair. It's good hair. I'm not going right. to lie. But you're right. It's the prosthetics, and prosthetics have been leading this category for years. But my question is: Is is Oppenheimer nominated in hair and makeup just because of it's going to be a, the best picture front runner? No, because of the one scene in the future where they where you take Emily Blunt you is do, cut it's out the old of rock. people makeup. You think? She yeah. is so yoked. She is jacked. She is so <laughs> muscular. And when you put a goofy ass old person turkey neck on her, it looks right. bad. It just yeah. looks bad. And, bad. When, and and again, you know, you have Killian Murphy who's is in great shape, and you put an old man makeup on her him, and you just make him look shiny. It doesn't right. work. Right. At least okay. you put a belly on. Uh, Leonard Bernstein there but yeah we're both going with Maestro I want it to go in other directions I would go in another direction I would probably go with poor things here because I like the uh like all the hair and makeup I just like mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo's hair in that movie I'm jealous of his hair that's in that fair. movie but that's fair. all right makeup and hairstyling we are going with Maestro we'll finish with visual effects the Creator, Guardians 3, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse are your Critics' Choice VFX nominees. We're going in different directions here, and there's different directions happening right now in the season thus far. This seems like a wide-open category, at least according to the pundits. Who are you going with, Michael, for VFX? I went Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, a fine choice, I might <laughs> I like I, I, yeah, I, I mean, we know the critics have a great affinity for Tom Cruise movies, and usually VFX, at least at the Oscars level, tends to lean practical. I don't know about the critics' choice level, but it's basically, what do you want? Do you, do you choose between the practical effects, or do you lean more computer? I, I feel like the trend this year has been more computer-leaning, which has not been the recent trend. I got the makeup and hair styling and VFX might have some wonky selections in their past at the Critics' Choice. I did not look this up. I'm going with the creator that has a, a bit of both. That has a lot of CGI. It has a lot of practical effects. There's a real narrative on the type of non-green string effects that they they accomplish their the creator. It might. If it, if it didn't win the Oscar here, it probably should be given an honorary Oscar at the Tech Awards, at the Tech Oscars, for how they've innovated. But I agree with you. I mean, the, the practical effects. I mean, he hang-glid, Tom Cruise hang-glid into a runaway train right. that I think was really running away in that movie. <laughs> he, he jumped off of a mountain on a motorcycle, and they put a lot of visual effects on there. Right. So right. I get it. But look, I mean, the creator has four wins on the season. It's leading technically, so I'm going with it. Society of the Snow has won the EFA. Godzilla minus one has three pick wins. Feinberg's going with poor things. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, in a mank sense, there's a lot of backgrounds and production design that is CGI'd. They film that in uh, warehouses and, and on, on the lot. Hmm. He's going with poor things. Clayton Davis is going with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which would, which would be an industry-shaking yeah, win. I would love to see that. Next best picture is going with poor things as well. There, I should have mentioned. I wonder if Tom Cruise gets to these every time he releases a Mission Impossible, and when he doesn't, when he's like, "What? What the hell do I have to do?" (laughs) I'm afraid for his future if he doesn't win one of these. Right. I feel the same way. 
I agree with you. I want this to happen. And if you're manifesting it now, I wish I could go along with it. I just don't believe in it. Like, do you want me to? I will walk on the moon. If you want me to walk on the moon, I'll walk on the moon. Is that what it's going to take? No, it's going to take that. Build my own rocket to get me to the moon. I think he's still doing that. Didn't didn't last we hear he was going to the moon to film a movie? Sure. Why not? All right. Well, we've hit all the categories we think we hope. Uh, We do have some tallies here. In terms of my Golden Globe picks, I have Oppenheimer winning five, Barbie winning three, The Holdovers winning two, and then I have a couple movies winning one apiece, Anatomy of Fall, Killers of Flower Moon, Maestro, Poor Things, Spider-Verse. Michael, you have perhaps more conservative tallies, but they make more sense. Did you correct the, the one, the the Poor Things to Oppenheimer? Yeah, I take it yeah. all back. I take all it right. all back. You have Oppenheimer <laughs> winning five. Yeah. You're just as reckless as yes. me. That's exactly what I didn't want to do. That was my number one goal to not do, and I did it. But you're spreading it out a little more than I am. Poor Things, Barbie, and Anatomy of a Fall are all winning two. American Fiction, Boy and the Heron, and Maestro are winning one apiece at your Golden Globes. In terms of recent precedents for Golden Showers at the Golden Globes, (laughs) we have La La Land winning seven. What? What what did I say? The the Social Network and the three billboards have each won four a piece since 2010 so yeah i mean the golden globes not a lot of golden showers you would think that group would be more akin to golden showers just being older and whiter um no did you watch Saltburn recently <laughs> what what am i saying what am i no all right enough enough of the shtick it's a that's a terribly perverse thing that um i'm sure no president would ever have been accused of in no, the past, of right not. and certainly not done with russian prostitutes what do we have for the critics choice tallies you have barbie winning seven that's exa- a- i did exactly the thing i had two goals <laughs> don't overpick Barbie, don't overpick Oppenheimer, and I failed at both of them. It has 18 nominations, the record. How do you not pick? And, and it has some that categories that it's running better. away right. with. You're right. That makes me feel a little better, but I'm still reckless. It's insane. Barbie's winning seven Critics' Choice Awards for you. Oppenheimer's winning five and a half, you jerk. Killers of the Flower Moon's winning two and a half, you jerk. <laughs> Anatomy of a Fall, Color Purple, Holdovers, Maestro, Mission Impossible, and Spider-Verse, you're spreading... You're spreading oh, you love. forgot. You put my Nyad pick in Critics' Choice, but it's a Golden Globes pick. Oh, whoops. Well, yeah. I'm only human. Thank you for oh, fun- figuring that out. Only human. Yeah. Thank you for figuring that out. Yeah. Uh, I would not want uh, people to mess up. God their- forbid. No, I don't. I want, if they're going to ridicule us, I want them to get it exactly right. And I want it on the record that I have Nyad winning an award. <laughs> so that way I could say whatever I want about it now. Also, Mike, he hath spoken with Critics' Choice pick tallies of Barbie for six, Oppenheimer for six as well. So I'm going with a Barbenheimer Critics' Choice Awards. I'm going with a Barbenheimer award season until I see anything different. Killers yeah, of the Flower Moon, Maestro, get to a piece at my Critics' Choice. The Creator, Holdovers, Spider-Verse, and The Zone of Interest each get one apiece. In terms of recent big winners, I'll correct the language for this time, at the Critics' Choice Awards, since 2010, Mad Max Fury Road has won nine. La La Land has won seven. Birdman and Gravity have won, uh, excuse me, La La Land's won eight. Birdman and Gravity have won seven apiece. Inception won six. Everything Everywhere All at Once last year has won or won five, and then ten films since 2010 have won four apiece. Obviously, they got a lot more categories at the Critics' Choice than the Golden Globes, so this makes some sense, Michael. Power of the Dog won four awards at the Critics' mm. Choice? That it did, man. Wow. So did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Remember that? 
that's when I knew. When the critics weren't going crazy over it, I was like, oh, you, you bastards, you stabbed me right in the heart. <laughs> stabbed me right, right in the face. Not et tu brute, just right to your freaking right. face, nose right. to nose. Hit you and twist the knife. Jerks. Ew, my what am I, what am I doing? Season. It's gross, these analogies, but I'm, I don't know. Why am I? Oh, i got to work with children after we record. <laughs> Maybe that's exactly why. You're just pent up. Pent up. Gotta be with kids the rest of the day. Oh no! <laughs> Gotta mind your p's and q's elsewhere, so you let them all out here on our listeners. <laughs> we have pseudonyms for a reason, people. Uh, that is it. As always, dear listener, we want to hear from you. What are your predictions for both the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice in all those categories? As well as where do you think Mike and I went wrong? And boy, did we go wrong! I can't mm. wait to follow up and tell you about all of that, as we will do reviewing these award shows coming up. The Golden Globes are this weekend. The Critics' Choice are next weekend. Uh, you can leave us your thoughts about those as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire on our social media as we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter or X, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We're available wherever you do hear podcasts. And if you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify app, if you appreciate what we do here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, those help us out immensely. Thank you to everyone who has done so on those apps thus far. Michael, what is coming next? Next, and let's have some words of wisdom to end on. Well, it was wise to pick every single one of these categories in under an hour. I'm so proud of yeah, us right man, now. I can't job. believe it. Yeah. And yet I am worried that – I'm always worried that I sound like Yosemite Sam or or Porky Pig on here. And I feel like that's that's a cross I bear. It's, again, we I watch feel like Yosemite Sam up. doesn't get nearly enough recognition for his contributions to society yet. I- However, after people were talking about their funniest comedy scenes of the last uh, 10 years, you know, mm-hmm. going into the new year, and I was on Twitter a little bit mm-hmm. while I was watching the holdovers, the Bruce Almighty Steve Carell scene kept popping up where he goes, you know, I feel like I sounded like that in this episode. So it is wise to speak as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, You did that well. Totally botch everything in terms of presentation, I guess. I don't know. I, I, hope, I, I hope it came across today and that... It's not just going to be gibberish in people's ears. In terms of what's coming next, we still don't know. Like we're we're you know, flirting with more film studies. Even though I did, you know, review Maestro for twenty minutes already. I did review Poor Things for twenty minutes already. You can go back to our New York Film Festival reviews for that. We may do a film study on Society of the Snow. We may do a film study on American Fiction ASAFP. Otherwise, we may do an Oscar race checkpoint on the BAFTA long list which will be announced on Friday. So we're going to wait and see what we do here, Michael. But we got, uh, we got, we got content coming. That's the is good Amer- news. Is American Fiction playing by us now? It's still not playing near us. we yeah. got to go to Pleasantville, New so. York. Do you want to yeah. go to Pleasantville, New York to see it? I, I can't go to Trumbull right now with how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> I've no, been surrounded by COVID, and then I got whatever kind of stupid virus is going on now. Yeah. So no, and I I stayed away from the movie theaters when I got sick for like four days, which which hurt me, hurt my soul. So I, I can't imagine how you feel right now. <laughs> just just want to crawl in a hole and go back yeah, to sleep. It's not good. Well, yeah. uh, Society of the Snow may be what we do in that case. So yeah, because it's on Netflix. It's right. Exactly. We will see. Uh, dear listener, as always, when reality sucks, you can. Get sick with us? What? I hope See, not. See, I, you know what? You, you always, you, you gotta. The last thing we say. The last thing we say. <laughs> you can get you gotta, sick. It's, it's really on you. You have to make sure you end on an upper. Uh, I guess so. I mean, what, 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 I, what did I say before that? I mean, you could have said, I, 
you can get sick and talk fast with us. You could have said that. Uh-huh. I could have said that, yeah. Get you didn't sick say and that. talk fast. No, I didn't say that. So well, there you mm-hmm. go. That's on me, I guess. <laughs> get sick and talk fast with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make awards season year round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya.